Hello, all of you lovely listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Smooth Tunes with Daniel and Carla. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm just recording this special intro to let you guys know that we have a special two-part episode coming up next. Um, And what you guys are about to listen to is part one. So please, 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 we wanted to uh, forewarn you guys that part two is coming next week. It's an awesome episode that we have with a special guest, and we hope you guys enjoy. Hi, welcome to Convos with the Euros. I'm Daniel. And I'm Carla. We are a married couple sharing weekly conversations about God, family, ministry, and everything in between. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Convos with the Euros. Carla, hi. Hi, Daniel. Why are you staring at me like that? <laughs> um, well, we want to welcome you guys back to another week. We are excited because we have a special guest with us today, Carla. We do. We are not in our living room today. No, we're not. Normally we are. <laughs> but this time we're in someone else's living room that we know. That sounded really like yes, we murder didn't, we didn't break in. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we, break in. <laughs> we didn't break in. Um, we have a, 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 a female minister. She's pastoring currently as a an associate pastor um, in church in Kissimmee, Florida, La Primera Iglesia Cristiana in Kissimmee. Uh, for those of you that don't understand Spanish, as First Christian Church, um, and then Kissimmee is in English. So, um, right? That's in English. I don't even know. Sure. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, she is uh, avid when it comes to ministering to others, ministering to women of all colors and creeds. Um, but most importantly, uh, she is my mother. So we're happy to have her on today. Mom, say hi Welcome. to everybody. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to be here with you guys today. You know that I am a fan. I listen to each um, podcast. So for me, it's very exciting to be here today. So thank you for having me. Yes, we're happy that you're here. Um, so, Carla, we're going to we're going to be talking about um, a topic that I think my mom can speak really heavily to. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there's so much power in telling our story because the Bible literally says like faith comes by hearing. And when I hear what God has done in other people's lives, it is transformative. And I even know through what we have gone through, getting to hear other people who've been through similar things brought me hope. So I'm really excited because Abda, you have a story to tell. Yes. I and do. we're really excited to hear kind of like an end de- like i don't know if you've ever gotten to tell your story like this but we're really excited to share it yeah i am excited to share it this morning yeah so um we we just wanted to be a, a candid conversation and and hopefully you guys can can listen in and join in with us so um she is currently uh, an associate pastor at, at the church here in Kissimmee. um she works heading up certain ministries overseeing certain ministries um, she's been in, uh, in the function in the church for, for many years, mom, how, how long now? I've been serving God for about 25 years in ministry. Just about my age. So yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, avid in, in church going and, and I mean, it's, it's become prominent because of, I mean, I know because of my childhood, you know, and I know because I'm still doing it today. If I stopped going to church, it would feel really weird. 
um, it's become a part of who who I am, my yeah. creed. Yeah, everything we did, it just revolved around church. Yeah, yeah, that was one big thing I remember with sports and stuff with uh, with certain activities in school. Um, some things we had to either put a hold on or find something else to do because we couldn't let things get in the way of um, our church attendance, you know. And I think for some families, like, they might look down upon that, like, no, you got to let your kids have the freedom and let your kids. And I, I agree to a certain extent. I think that when, when it comes to raising kids in a Christian home, um, I don't think you should shelter them entirely from, you know, sports activities and school activities because, you know, no, they have to go to church. I think you should find a workaround. If you have services on Fridays, find a school activity that they do things Thursdays um, or something on that they do Saturday nights because you, you don't want to give up your Sundays. Why are you so quiet today, Carla? You're rambling. Am I? That's, you know, and that's what we did. Um, when you were, I remember um, you did baseball, you did football, you did the cadets, um, you did karate, you did a bunch of stuff. And we wanted you to be um, active. But at the same time, we didn't want to miss out on our services. Yeah, Church life for us was and is very important and yeah. so we did all that for you i know you have great memories and have tons of pictures and videos to show um but we never stopped going to church serving god was and is very important for for our family and i think that's gotten me and carla through a lot you know of our trials the fact that we've prominently put god first often yeah yeah. So you guys were this family super involved in ministry. Um, you were serving alongside your husband in pastoral, you know, leadership. All of your kids are in ministry with you. They're serving in the worship team. And you are really a family that others could look to to say, hey, we want to serve together the way that they are. And I think that's kind of kind of where a crazy set of events takes over in your life. Can you just speak a little bit into what happened? Well, um, in 2015, um, he was diagnosed with cancer. And um, it was like, it was a nightmare. I remember listening to the doctor saying, you know, it's positive for cancer. And I remember having Jaden that day on my lap. Um, Jaden was seven when oh, he wow. heard the news and it was it's terrible because the three of us went to the doctor. I took my son with me. Um, Jaden is my youngest. Um, he's 14 now. Um, so he was seven at the time when he, his father was diagnosed and, and Jaden was on my lap because they weren't there. We didn't have anyone, you know, they, there wasn't a place for Jaden to sit. So mm-hmm. it was just us. And the doctor says, you know, it's, he has cancer and my world crumbled right then and there I mean I cannot I I I didn't cry at the moment and we went to the car and in the car I cried I sobbed Mm -hmm. sobbed um as I'm sitting in the car but I cried because I understood at the moment I said I get it now I get why you were pulling me so close to you during these past three four years now I understand I served God like most of my life but in the the years Four, three to four years before we got the news, I felt like God was moving me closer and closer and closer to him. And so, yeah, that that was the beginning of of the journey that I'm in presently. (laughs) Yeah. And how... 
How long was that cancer battle with your husband? It was it was short, year and a half. It was it was quickly, but in the really? moment, yes. That's yes. my dad, and I'm like, yes. huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was fast it, to me. It, it was, was it was yeah. fast when but you it look, felt like forever. It felt like forever because when you are in it, when you're in oh the my struggle, gosh. Yes. it felt like yes. five it, years. It did, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh my no, gosh. no, it wasn't. It was diagnosed in 2015, and he passed in 2016. Wow. It was quick. It was very quick. Wow. But for those that are in it, it feels like it's forever. It's never going to end. This nightmare is going gonna, is gonna, to you know, suck the life out of me. I don't know how I'm going to find my way. It was, it, was, it was bad. But in the midst of it all, God was there. And, yeah. and I knew he was there in the midst of it. It's not like I found out later, you know, yeah. like, you know. Fast forward, he's been gone for um, five years. It's like it's not like now I see like, oh yeah, he was there. I mean, I can see now things that I didn't see at the moment, Before, but yeah. in the midst of all that, I knew he was there. Yeah, and and this is like um, a great not segue, but um, I mean, introduction to the topic. Yeah, um, because we really wanted to talk today about where is God. In overcoming tragedy. Yeah, because um, especially after these last few years, I think so many households have have experienced oh, yeah. tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be loss from um, like someone in the household, like a death in the family, um, and even like a loss of a, a job, like a, a corporation or something like that goes under, and and someone loses their job. There's there's just been so much loss going on, and um, and it leads to tragedy and like how do you overcome that so um i i feel like during this season in my life um i've had many moments where i've, I've questioned god's involvement um do you feel like you did there were times that i did um because i didn't feel him all the time and i learned um, before that, you know, the trial, I, I learned, I think God was preparing me for, for this. Okay. I think this was like the biggest trial, um, that I've, I've faced so far. Um, I've gone through other stuff, but, um, I think I've learned to know that God is there even when you don't feel him, hmm. um, to know. And I think that for me came about reading scriptures, um, knowing what the Bible says. I mean, I strongly believe that the Bible is God's breath word. I right. believe that like there are many people that are, have questions about that. Uh, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is God's word. I, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if I can, I mean, I like what it says here, but uh, I got issues with this other part. Like I, that, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I, there may be parts in the Bible that are hard to digest mm-hmm. and understand, but I believe it's God's word. Yeah. So because I believe it is the word of God, I trusted it with so, you know, with all my heart and my strength. And so when I didn't feel God and when I didn't understand what was going on, I held on so tightly, so tightly mm-hmm. into God's word. I'm like, you said you will be here. I don't feel you. I don't understand. I mean, a lot of people told me um, with my son, you know, they said, you know, he, he was, it's his time, you know, it's whatever God had. I wasn't even dead yet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, His time is done here and he's going to go. I'm like, he's not done raising my child. You know, at that time, Jaden was eight. He's not done. 
I, I, I have an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not done parenting. Like, what are you saying? You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I, um, I, I held on to God's word and I knew he was there doing something. Mm. Didn't understand. And I want to, I want to talk about that. Like being in the midst of your situation. Cause I remember like what you guys were saying, it felt like so long and it was such a small amount of time. Daniel spent three months in the hospital, but if you ask me in the middle of it, it felt like it was a five year struggle. It was long. So in the middle of it, you're saying you held on to the word of God. What are other things that you did that helped you to just stay grounded to, to get through it? What are some things that you put into place? I think it was, um, mainly God's word and, and trying my very best to stay positive. And I know, you know, I'm not all about, you know, positive thought and positive, positive, positive vibes, <laughs> vibes and you know, I'm sending you, you know, my, my, my energy, you know, my energy, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but thinking and and praying that I may may be able to enjoy little things. I there was a time in which I prayed. It's so simple. I'm mm-hmm. like I I want to be able to enjoy an ice cream with my son. I, that's all that, that that was one of my prayers mm-hmm. because I felt like life was so hard and so difficult that I wasn't enjoying the little moments that I had, Mm -hmm. such as getting in my car, driving to a place and grabbing a cone of, you know, ice cream. Yeah. And, 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 and I did, but I wasn't enjoying it. It was just like going with the, the no, I wasn't, I I wasn't, I was just going, you know, doing all this stuff and it was hard. and, And I, I found myself like I wasn't enjoying myself and I prayed God, May I please? I just want to enjoy. I wanted to have joy in the midst of that. Can I enjoy a little bit of um of that tasty ice cream with my son and just enjoy that moment? Laugh, yeah. but real laugh, you know, like not like uh-huh. yeah. like I and and it and it did. It happened for me, mm-hmm. but it's because I was conscious that my life was passing by and I was and not you had to make the most of it. The most of it, yes. Yeah. And it's crazy when you're going through something like that. How the smallest of things can have so much yes. meaning. Yes. Just holding a hand, yep. little moments yep. become life. Yep. Yeah. And and I also want to talk about you know even in our own season we feel like we hear. People sometimes in trying to be comforting or trying to say something kind, they end up saying things that can be hurtful. Mm -hmm. And that's been a a, a huge part of our walk is wanting to also express to others what are ways that we can be there. Good ways to comfort others. Yeah, Yeah, I I learned that during that season. And I remember, you know, I, I heard someone says that you will forget what people say to you and you will forget what people did for you, but you will not forget what, what how you felt. Hmm. Um, at the moment, I, I heard that I I don't agree with it one hundred percent, but I can understand what that's. I see, I see the yeah the reasoning yeah the reasoning it. behind it. But for me, I learned the power of presence, hmm. like people being there. You don't have to say a thing. Hmm. You don't, and it's it's our when we love someone and when we care about someone, we want to help. And sometimes we think that we have the answer. Mm -hmm. And so we want to just say whatever we feel at the moment. And sometimes it's not right. Like, hush, don't, don't say it. 
Don't, don't. I know you mean well. And for me personally, I understood. A lot of people said a lot of things out of place. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, are you seriously telling this to me right at the moment? Like, I, I don't need to hear that right now. But I understood that that person was trying to help me, although you were really. You understood the place they were coming yeah, from. Yeah, but you were not doing a good job. So <laughs> hush and Take keep, some glasses. keep it moving. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I understood. So I didn't get upset at the moment. I mean, I got upset at the moment, but then I said, you know, she or he, you know, they're trying to help me. They're trying to guide me the right direction and they're not doing really a good job. So I'm just going to forget about what they said and, you know, just keep going. But it's hard. But for me, I learned the power of presence. I remember one night in the hospice. Hospice was, oh my goodness, it was the longest time of my life. That time sucked. No, 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 no. He was in hospice for, it was was for the entire month of December. It felt like, I mean, he passed on the 13th, but he was, he went there on December. So he was like about two weeks he was about two weeks in hospice, but it felt longer yeah. than two weeks. And I remember um, every night they would tell me, today is the day. And there I am, my heart is in my hands. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, my God, he's going to go today. And nothing. He's there, you know, breathing and fine. And the following day, again, they came, today is the day. I'm like, oh, my God. So it felt, it was horrible. And I remember one night, one of our young um, um, guys from our church that loved um, Digno very much, he says, I'm going to stay tonight. And there was no place for him to sleep because, you know, I was sleeping on the, on the, on the chair. And he's like, don't worry. I'm going to just stay. And this, this kid slept on the floor, mm-hmm. like on the floor. No, no quilt, no mattress. To me. Just, just being there. Just being there present. Yeah. To me that he didn't say anything. He didn't try to fix the problem. He didn't try to give me a, he didn't try to pray for me. He didn't get no anointed oil and anointed my head and my feet. None of that. It was just there. And to me, until today, I remember and I learned the power of presence. Mm. Just be there. If, if, you know, whoever's listening to me this today and you want to, you want to be there for someone because they're struggling and you don't know what to say. Don't say anything. If you don't have anything to say, if you, yeah, just show up, just be there. I remember people showing up with Una dona, a donut, and a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. That was fine. Sometimes I ate the donut. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I, you know, took the coffee. Sometimes I didn't. But they just showed up with a donut and a coffee. Mm-hmm. That to me was so important. Just be there. Just show up. Just show up. I remember, um, and the time in the hospice. It was. It really was the worst time. Um, we uh, we would have like worship services yes. in the in the hospice. It was a huge room, and I think that's one good thing about. Um, the hospice area is that it was huge and we were able to fit a lot of people. It must be so sad during COVID now. But, um, I remember one time in the, uh, in the hospice area, the, I think it was the worship team came and decorated for Christmas. Oh, that was beautiful. In the room, they brought a little tree, they dressed as elves and they decorated. That, that was, that to me was amazing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and that's, that, that was um, part of the the people for, from our church, Mm -hmm. you know, they showed up, and they they brought Christmas to him, and yeah. it was it was beautiful. It was. They didn't bring you know like I said, didn't bring a message, didn't bring right, a message. They didn't come holy fire. Yes, yes. Because sometimes you know people come and you know I'm I'm a believer of giving me a word of God. Mm-hmm. Don't don't get me wrong, you right. know. But sometimes you know so much that people want to say because they want to fix the situation. Listen, we're not God. I'm, I'm not, telling you, we're I'm not. not. I'm not going. To, I am not going to fix your problems. Mm-hmm. You know as much. And I love you guys. You know you're my son, Daniel. And when you went through your 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 struggle and you're 
still dealing with it. You know, I, I as a mom, yeah. I want to fix it. I want to, but I know I can't. So I'm not going to try. All I'm going to do is be there. Be there for me. Yep. Be there. Be there. I'm, I'm a phone call away. I'm a visit away. I'm a text message away. I am praying for you yeah. all the time for both of you. But, you know, I cannot fix it. And so I need to understand as a, as, as a mom or as a friend or someone that cares, I am not going to fix your problem. Right. But I want to be there. Yes. To have a bowl of ice cream (laughs) 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 and enjoy it in the moment. (laughs) I think you just said something so powerful and that's just the power of being there. And I think a lot of people and, and what that young man did is that he wasn't afraid of the pain and that as beautiful as they could have decorated that hospice, it was still an ugly place and it was still a horrible place to be in. But the fact that he wasn't afraid of that, I think speaks volume. And I think that's really what we want people to understand that when someone's going through tragedy, don't be afraid of the pain, Mm -hmm. walk into it Mm -hmm. and say nothing. Just, Mm -hmm. just walk into it. And Mm -hmm. I think that is so powerful. It is. It is because some people are afraid, Carla, you're so right because they, and I, and I stumbled upon people like that. They were terrified. They, they, they avoided me. Because they were afraid. They didn't know how to handle the situation. It's so it, sad. Yeah. But it's okay because people, you know, and I no, think. No, it's not okay. It, it's okay because they don't understand. <laughs> they is. are afraid and they walk away. It's fine. If yeah. you if you are afraid, you know, if you are terrified for my situation and you don't know what to say and they, they, they avoided me. You know, some mm-hmm. people avoided the, 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 the conversation or the talk. It's, yeah, it, the topic. Yes, the topic. It's okay. If you, it's, I understand that you're, again. If you try to avoid it, because you think you 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 need to have a word or you need acknowledge, to, like yeah. you have and to acknowledge. You don't always it. have no, to. Don't, you don't have the answer. That's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. So, but yeah, there are people that are afraid. Yeah, especially because you know when you go through something like this, you don't want to be reminded of it right. every day, yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. Some, so sometimes you just mm-hmm. want a normal conversation, mm-hmm. and now, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I have a I have a question for the both of you because you know we both are accustomed not accustomed that sounds so wrong um we are familiar with tragedy um he's a close friend um (laughs) 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 we're familiar with tragedy and right now we're talking about just being there not having the right word to say but don't you feel sometimes like you need somebody to have the right word to say yeah yeah so then don't you feel like everybody should try? Or? No, no. no. And, and I will say this because it wasn't until we went through what we went through that I finally, something clicked. And being sure a nurse, sure especially a being a nurse during the pandemic, something, yeah, something clicked or no, snapped. snapped. I'm, not, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> you know, stay tuned. <laughs> but I feel like being a nurse taught me so much about pain and suffering. I, f- I don't think I grew up very sheltered, but I didn't grow up going through maybe the things that Daniel went through, especially even though he was in his young adulthood, you know, when he went through what he went through with his dad, but I never been through anything like that. Mm-hmm. Not at that level. And when I became a nurse, I began to see suffering and it really changed my perspective of the world. It didn't make me pessimistic, but it made me realize the reality of pain and suffering. And so when we went through our situation, you know, and also I feel like people like firefighters, they run to the fire while the rest of us are running away from the fire. I think there are people that are literally 
like they, they really, and I think it's a gift of God to be able to run towards the fire mm-hmm. or to be able to be able to, um, be in pain and, and be like comfortable comforting someone in pain. Some people mm, can do it yeah. and I think others can't. Yeah. So I think pastors are those people. They have a special calling and they, they can sit in someone's pain and they can comfort someone in pain. But there are people that don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I've come yeah. to terms with like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a word of wisdom, cause, cause I've seen the other end of the spectrum, people that want to get in the pain, but don't have a wise mm-hmm. word to say. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think everybody mm-hmm has a good word mm-hmm. to give yeah. in that moment. Mm-hmm. I think there are people that really can hear from the Lord and can give yeah. good comfort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the, the things is, Mom, with uh, with everything that you've been through and everything we've been through, we, um, we are discussing, like, you know, uh, taking a break or, or not taking a break, continuing with things like with ministry. Um, yeah. Or continuing with things like the podcast in itself, um, not serving the Lord per se, like, uh, you know, being a believer, that's something yeah. we, we will never. Um, but do you feel like a break is necessary? And um, do you think it's or do you think it's different for everybody? I'm going to say it's different for everyone. Um, I remember as you're talking, I remember um, Elijah, for instance, he had a little break. You know, he went in and God wasn't rushing him at the, at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, he showed up, fed him, you know, and he was, you know, let him sleep again and Mm -hmm. then get up. And, and then he tells him, get up and continue walking. But at the beginning, he let him be, he Mm -hmm. let him rest. And sometimes we have to understand when it's time to rest and when it's time to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. The problem becomes when we rest and we want to continue to rest when it's time to get up. So I think it's, it's everyone is different and, um, and our position is different, but I think resting is good. We need it. Yeah. I feel like, um, when it comes to resting, and and believers, I think they don't understand the importance of it. Uh, maybe not understand, yeah. but I feel like a lot of people shy away from it. Yeah, no, you know, they, they say that, so, you know, God doesn't rest. He doesn't sleep. It's so, a yeah, now God doesn't sleep. He doesn't rest. You know, we have to. No, 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 no. We need to rest. We were created to rest. Yes, I, I completely and agree. And not only that. We are not God. Right. And I, and I think we forget that. Yes. Or, There's a lot of comparison. We do it all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but we we are in the likeness of God, but we aren't him. Correct. So he created the Sabbath for us. Yes. And it says that on the seventh day, he rested. Right. On the seventh day, he took time right. to admire what right. he'd done. And I think as Christians, we think it's more holy if we keep going. Right. right. Like if we, we suffer more than the rest. Right. I'm like, bro, but the, you got to chill with that. The Israelites <laughs> were... Like it was a commandment. You need to rest. Yes. yes. You mm-hmm. need to honor the Sabbath. And even for them on the seventh year, mm-hmm. they would rest. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't work the mm-hmm. fields. Mm-hmm. They would rest. I mean, it went that far, yes. but they would get a whole year. So I think as Christians, Shoot, I wish <laughs> I'm, about, I'm about to take a year off. But, but, <laughs> like, 